Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, but I mean, that is still also a full week away. Like, regardless, you get a week's worth of... Yeah. Uh, rest. Yeah. All right. You want to get this started? No. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. A uh, derivative but associated version of the Touchline Media Group because we are based in America where uh, regulatory uh, state is both less and more robust, depending on how you want to look at it. I am your host, Asa, aka The Twig. I'm here with my co-host, Napoleon Gregg, aka The Stump. Uh, this episode is brought to you by the Smith Workforce Management Group, as well as whoever Blue Wire decides to put in. Uh, it changes on the day. I, I, w- there has been no consistency in who our, our advertisers are recently, which I find very funny. Would you call it arbitrary and capricious? I would. In fact, I would say that it is arbitrary and capricious. That is an entirely specific joke that I like. Tim is going to understand. Yeah. So shout out, Tim. Uh, his, the team that he supports is currently losing to Southampton because... Uh, you know, jokes. Uh, they are no longer losing. Oh, yeah, they're they no longer. Wow. <laughs> so it, the fun part is, is that you, dear listener, know exa- Nope, that was offside. Uh, oh, no, Bobby. <laughs> you know exactly where we are uh, in the day uh, that we are recording. Because what just happened was, yep, he was offside by a lot. They're all, they're all offside. <laughs> Good timing there, Bobby. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so we are here to talk about... Uh, Basically, where we are in the season, um, because uh, where we would have normally our uh, you know season review, um, which would be next week after the season is done, you know, going into the the Champions League final, um, it turns out that we have a whole bunch of other stuff that's coming up because the U.S. men's national team, because there is no World Cup this summer, has decided to put a whole bunch of crap 
all throughout the summer. There's, there's youth tournaments, there's Nations League stuff, there's dual national panic. Yesterday, U.S. men's national team Twitter melted down because apparently Richie Ledesma is going to go play for Mexico. Mexico released their roster today. He's not on it. He's not going to play for Mexico. People spent a whole lot of time on the, on the internet arguing about something that wasn't real. Um, and not like, not like fiction, like, like literally something that, that somebody made up whole cloth and here we are. So you can do that. You can just go on the internet and make up things. Uh, yeah, but not if you are on truth social because it has truth in the name. So if it has truth in the name, you cannot lie. That's how long. I don't, I don't even want to know what that is. It's Trump's made up social media network. There is. That's what I assume. I've I've never been there. I, I, it's like, like you, you, there, there are things on like a, a person's like history, browser history, um, that, that like you really can't come back from. Um, and you would think that it's porn, but I feel like if my wife looked at, you know, my browser history and saw porn and the Trump, uh, social media network, like one of those would be much more concerning than the others. And it's not the porn. Yeah. I, my <laughs> friends would disown me for the Trump social media, uh, app, but if it was just porn, they'd be like, Oh, I've seen that one. Yeah. Oh, you're watching that. That's, that's, that's last season. You don't want that. Um, it's, it's a documentary of a young girl who needs help from her stepbrother getting unstuck from under the bed. Uh, or a documentary about how you uh, get into the plumbing industry in the first place. Just out here laying pipe. Shout yeah. out JR. <laughs> Shout out <laughs> academic All-American JR Smith. That's true. Academic All-American. That's, that's a fact. Uh, shout out uh, NCANT Golf. Yeah, we can't take that out. We can't take that away from him. Can't take that away from him. So uh, obviously, we we have a, a focus on on a couple of things. Um, you know, in terms of of what's gone on this season. You know, with Americans and and what's gone on in in England. Um, so I want to get started a little bit on the English stuff because I don't know that New Spurs Order, our sister pod that focuses on Spurs, and I know for a fact that Touchy Gooners, our sister pod that talks about Arsenal, will not be having me on. So let's talk a little bit about losing <laughs> for a while. <laughs> What's funny is, is that like they uh, they actually like uh, there was like a plan a couple of months ago for me to come on uh, during the summer because of the Matt Turner um, transfer. Like I was going to tell them right. and, and Austin Trusty, I guess, uh, you know, come on, talk about the new Americans, blah, blah, blah. Have a good time. I will not be invited onto uh, the Touchy Gooners podcast. Um, because uh, of some things that have been said on the New Spurs Order podcast, um, mostly as they relate to Arsenal being hilariously terrible. Um, well, okay, but we also are ignoring like the most likely and therefore funniest outcome of this entire thing, which is Spurs lose to Burnley on Sunday. Uh, Norwich, and yeah. It, Norwich, I'm sorry. I, I, which I, is worse. Yeah, I believe what I said is that it would be the most Spursy Clemsoning of all time. Um, like, yes, like, uh, you know, I've talked a lot of shit for, for the last like 24 to 48 hours. You um, talk shit? No way. Yeah, I know. But like, the, the fact is, is that if you're a fan of a team like Spurs, uh, or Michigan state or Clemson prior to Dabo, you are, you are just sort of assuming that the, the other shoe is going to drop. And with Spurs, it's like, oh, you have to go on the road to the worst team in the premier league on the last day and get a point, a point. You don't need to win. You just need. So two things. Number one, in this instance, it would be that the other boot is going to drop. Good point. Good point. Uh, The other thing is it's a little less funny that you have to go to Norwich because the funnier thing would be 
everybody in White Hart Lane ready to go, like all of the energy, and then they drop like a 2-1 match, that would be very funny. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to do it at home, for sure. Um, so, so going to Norwich, uh, which, uh, so, so my understanding of, of England, uh, geography says that it's basically in, um, like where, where Dragonstone is on the, uh, Song of Ice and Fire map. Like on, really? on, yeah, it's basically, it's basically where, um, where you would, uh, like where the, the Vale is or, or something. Um, like it's just like Northeast of London, which is King's Landing. Um, give or take. Um, so the, uh, so that, that, that's, what's going on with Spurs. Um, you know, I, I want to give a shout out to Vince from scuffed because he came on this podcast and, and told us that he was an Arsenal fan. So Vince, we love you. We're sorry. Um, but you know, Europa league is fun. You know, people enjoy it. Um, I'm not Ray- sorry. Yeah. Ray- yeah. I'm not sorry. This is hilarious. Screw it's you. so funny. Um, like the funniest part about it is that like Arsenal has, has, has very strong, um, like Michigan, Texas, Tennessee, uh, energy about it. Right. Like where it's like a team that was really, really good a while ago has been really, really good forever is considered like a, you know, like a, a tent pole of the organization. Um, but they're not very good right now, but they're, well, they, so they also lined up like perfectly in the, was it the aughts? Is that yeah. what we're it? Like yeah. Arsenal was unstoppable in the mid aughts, right? Michigan yeah. was a top perennial top five team prior to Appalachian State. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas had Vince Young basically until until Colt McCoy like blew up his shoulder was again a perennial top ten, mm-hmm. maybe not top five team. But yeah, they line up perfectly. Yeah, and, USC. And, you can just keep naming guys here. Yeah, I mean we can we can like we will eventually do that like one to one who is who, but Arsenal. Arsenal works out in this because of the, you know, like the sentiment that like they were the, the, for a lot of American fans because of, of how the, the, like sort of the, the way that media rights worked. Like a lot of American fans thought that it was like, like the entire premier league was Manchester United and, and Arsenal. Like that was it. Um, and so now we're in a situation where it's basically like you're talking about um, Texas and Michigan or Tennessee and Michigan, like, Neither of these teams has won jack shit in a really long time. Um, I guess Michigan just won something. So that would be like uh, uh, when Manchester United won the Europa League with Josie. Yeah, I guess. Or like, <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's the closest thing. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we're also staring at, you're right, Man U and Arsenal, like we're the only teams that anybody knew of in the, in the aughts. So it is more of like a USC, USC, Michigan, Texas thing. Yeah. Um, and like, like, like in light of that. And man, you like, so the funny thing is, despite how, this is how weird English, like the Premier League is and like European cool. soccer. Yay. Despite how, how uh, like, messed up man, you and Arsenal are, they're still fifth and sixth on the table. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like we make jokes, but the fact of the matter is, is that there is a top, there's a big six in English football. Uh, it's the six teams that we're going to go play in the super league. Those six yeah. teams are the top six. Right. So it's, so it's like, like being below the other team, like the other blue bloods is not like actually that embarrassing. 
Um, no. Like the way I mean, that West Arsenal... Ham has West Ham has the ability to knock Man U out of Europe for the for the year. Well, out of Europa, uh, out of Europa, yeah, yeah. Then you have to go to the Conference League, right? Which is basically like the CBI, like the College Basketball Invitational. You're below the NIT. Um, it's not where you want to be if you're Manchester United. Um, very funny for me. I, I would I would prefer that. I would prefer West Ham be in Europa. Um, yeah, definitely because of 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 that being a funnier outcome um but but that's like the the, and west ham is just generally easier to root for even though they were the uh what do you call it the antagonists they were the main like team of uh, green street hooligans oh uh so i've actually never seen green street hooligans uh west ham appears to be the villain of ted lasso season three um is that who he's no he's he's is he coaching West Ham? I thought it was West Ham. Oh. Um, I know it wasn't a big six. Um, yeah. I think it's West Ham. It's either West Ham or Burnley. And Burnley um, are very easy villain because they are the white supremacist club, as I learned uh, last weekend. Um, That's not good. Well, it, it is West Ham United. You're right. Yeah. Nate, so West- Nate's going to gaffer for West Ham. Um, I hope that Declan Rice shows up. I think that that would be very funny. Not anybody shows up. <laughs> um, they do like they apparently go. I've followed some of them on uh, social media, and they're like cast outings are to go to soccer games in England. That's really funny to me. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy that. I, I especially because like, uh, what's his face? Um, oh my, Sudeikis is like visibly stoned. The entire time, it's great. I appreciate that about him. I, I think that he takes it about as seriously as it needs to be taken. Um, it's a funny thing, though. Like, like Ted Lasso, as like this like image of an American, uh, an American uh, manager being like sort of clueless and ha ha ha. And it's like I'm, I, I really think that these people don't understand how Bill Lawrence shows work. Like, yeah. like, it's not going to end with him being incompetent, guys. No. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I really would point you to the end of Scrubs. The proper well, end, not the other end. Um, right. Well, it's not, even, it's not even that he's, like, incompetent. It's that he does. So, and that's something that, uh, you know, I, I've, I guess, been hoping to rant on. But um, Ted Lasso, as English people view him in Ted Lasso, is that he's incompetent because he doesn't know the rules of the game, which don't get me wrong. If you are the manager of, I'm going to say an eight year old girls team, you should know the rules of soccer. Basically. Uh, if, if you are the manager of the EPL club, you should definitely know the rules of soccer, but it, he's in no way is he ever shown as like incompetent. Like people talk about NFL coaches all the time as being more of the CEO or college football coaches, even better. You're the CEO of your program. You don't necessarily have to Bill Belichick aside or Nick Saban aside. You don't have to know every rule in the rule book. You have to know how to delegate and motivate and like keep a happy locker room. Like, let's talk about like you, like you, you mentioned USC in the mid 2000s. Pete Pete Carroll Carroll believes that George Bush did nine 11 and he is still one a NCA football champ, a BCS championship, and a Super Bowl. And like, an AP. remember, he did AP. have that that split that split title. There are like, there's no intelligent, there's no intelligent baseline you have to meet in order to to coach. No, uh, it helps, right. but like being emotionally intelligent, you can argue, is probably more important 
for like head coach, like head head coaches. Right. And and I think it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing because so much of, of British soccer discourse and so much of soccer discourse actually has managers as these like geniuses. Like, like how many times do we hear about like Pep Guardiola? He's a genius. Yeah. Klopp, he's a genius. You don't really get that in college football outside of Saban, right? And Saban, it's not he's a genius. It's that he's tyrannical. He's a dictator. And he's, yeah. he, he's insane. And it's not that he's so much smarter than everybody else, which, by the way, he is. Um, it's that he is so attentive to what he's doing and so, like, present in, in, in his process. Like, people joke about that, that time that he won a title. And in the post-game interview, he said, I'm three weeks behind on recruiting. Um, and like what it is, what's interesting about it is that what you're, it's, it's actually like, like to, to use the Ted Lasso joke, like you have no idea how healthy that really is because it's, it's mindful. (laughs) It's, it's being mindful and being present, right? I'm not worried about the past, whether I won or lost this game right now, I need to be recruiting. Now you can say that that's like workaholic, blah, 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 but like, it's incredibly like in the moment. And that's like, that's Saban's thing, right? Like we don't, we don't talk about our coaches as being as being geniuses, right? Phil Jackson, nobody ever accused Phil Jackson of being a genius. They accused him of really, really understanding talent management. Well, people did accuse him of being a genius. And then we all realized it was actually Tex Winter. So. Right, right. Like, that's the thing. Like, Steve Kerr is not the reason why the Warriors are the Warriors. It's Ron Adams. Um, you know, Doc Rivers won that title because Tom Thibodeau was on his bench. Like, there, there's the only, the only head coach who's really, in, in the NBA at least, who's really like got that like genius level, whatever is Popovich and he's losing right. it day by day. Right. Well, like you don't have Popovich is a great, Pop, Popovich is a great example of like being a genius, but not being present. Like Popovich <laughs> checked out the day Tim Duncan retired. Yeah. yeah. Or like, I guess right. maybe the, maybe the day that Kawhi decided that he was like going to fake an injury to, to force a trade. Popovich was like, I don't really want to do this anymore, but I have to kind of ride out the, ride the out contract. The line. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So like, I, I think that there's so much of like, like this like genius mentality with, with coaches in England, right? Like, um, like you saw with, 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 with all of them, Josie, Conte, uh, Arteta, Klopp. Such a gene, Klopp, genius, um, like all of them, you know? And, and the reality is you don't need to be a genius to be a coach. I, I'm, I've been a coach. You don't need to be a genius to do it. You need to have especially, a baseline. Especially in a soccer. Yeah, yeah, especially in soccer too. Like it's not like in basketball, it'll definitely help because, and football, especially where you're calling in individual plays. Right. But like in soccer, for the most part, and Lasso talks about this, you have to train them. You have to make sure they know the system. And then once it's time to play, it's like, okay, good luck. I'll be over here watching. Right. And you can make, you can make like, like, like small adjustments, but if you were to change your, your, I mean, you saw, you saw Arsenal do it yesterday. Um, they went to a three, five, two from a four, three, three. I have never seen them play a three, five, two. And it was just like, Arteta was like, we're fucked. So let's try <laughs> something different. And you had like Gabriel Martinelli as, as a left wing back. And you're like, what are you doing? Like, like actually, what are you doing? Sometimes um, you just have to kind of like throw some, throw a dart at the board and hope something yeah, it sticks. Didn't work yesterday, but like that's no. that's the point. Is that like in in soccer, like a lot of it is okay. Like what you do before the game matters a ton. Game planning is is really important because you have to put people in the right spots and you can make tactical shifts. Blah blah blah. But like in game, 
it, it, you don't really, you know, there are things you can do. I, I'm not, I'm not discounting in-game adjustments. Halftime adjustments are real, but yeah, you can't, you have three substitutions, right? Like you can't, you can't do what the, the Warriors do, for example, like to use the basketball analogy. Um, you can't decide in the middle of the game, you know, we're going to go small. We're just going to go small and we, we, you know, we can, we can make changes as we go, but um, you know, in, in the American football context, you right. can't just be like, you know what, what we're going to do is we're going to defensively shift to a, a, um, uh, a cover four shell, right? Like you can't do right. that in the middle of the game because it's like that you have to change your entire system to, to make that work. And it, it happens, but it's usually a desperation thing, not a, Oh, this, I like this tactical adjustment mid game. Um, so, so like the, the whole Ted Lasso thing is so funny to me. That's why it's so funny because if, if, if British football fans understood how, how football worked, American football, like the idea of soccer coaches being geniuses would get thrown out the window because like, imagine how much intellectual energy it takes. Jay Johnson, the offensive coordinator for Michigan state, he has to call 60 plays a game and those plays have to be different, right? Unless you're Mike Leach, when you're playing, you're, you're just calling mesh over and over again. Um, oh. Or Michigan when they called I formation uh, halfback dives like every other play for an entire game. You're playing but yeah. yeah, inside zone. <laughs> uh, I guess it's pro- like British soccer fans aren't as aware of like they're they're easier to jump on the genius train because they're not as aware as how much or how like intellectually stimulating coaching other sports is. I'm sure they're getting there because like. Basketball is getting more popular, although not listen, specifically in England. Listen to courtside Fraka. Fraka. Listen to courtside Fraka. Um, but like the an EPL manager is would be like if we made a baseball manager only allowed to make pitching changes, and you can only make three pitching changes a game. Can you imagine how happy uh, certain managers would be if that was the case? Rob, how happy Rob Manfred would be. The uh, game would fly by. Yeah. Uh, and, right. Like, like it's like a baseball manager, if you couldn't pinch hit, all you could do is change pitchers and you could only change pitchers three times. Yeah. Like, you, you, so, so basically every single game you're going, okay, somebody. No, you, somebody can, you can have a pinch hitter, but then you can only change pitchers twice. This is actually a fascinating idea. I think that we should look into this because uh, you would get way more Pedro going out for the eighth. If there was <laughs> any way for us to monetize this, I would agree. I don't think there's any way for us to get paid for this unless we somehow convince Rob Manfred to hire us as consultants. Oh yeah. We could, we could McKinsey the shit out of this. Uh, just pay us $10 million. And we'll figure out how to cut 15 minutes off of every game. I think we cut half an hour. If you only allow two pitching changes a game. I think two, yeah. Two pitching changes a game, one pitch hitter. Three substitutions. That's all you get. You, you can get use them however you want, but you get three. Three. And you can only, uh, you can't come out to the mound. But there is a half. You just have to. You just have to yell it at him. That's what they do in soccer. Like imagine if you're outside. This guy only hits. He only hits in up and in low and outside, low and outside. And you see like Miguel Cabrera like listen, just like crowd the plate a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I've got reach. I can, I can do this. I can do this. Um, like okay, I, I so yeah. So so for EPL, we're calling. Are we saying we think Man City's going to take the title? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we think top four are going to be in order: Man City, Pool, Chelsea, Tottenham. Yeah, Who's Chelsea uh, so, play on Sunday. Uh, nobody. Uh, 
I, I looked it up. Uh, Glass houses. You are playing Norwich. No, no, I'm aware of that. I'm aware that my team is is playing a a a tomato can. Oh, uh, oh Chelsea's-, Chelsea's got Chelsea's got two matches left, yeah. so they're almost definitely taking. Third. I mean, they they would they would need to lose both. Like even yeah. if they tie, they have goal difference, so they would need to lose both. Which, granted, would be hilarious. They have um, a lot of goal different. The goal differential numbers are hilarious. Yeah, so th- it's a funny thing about Chelsea. Um, so like just to get into some chessy hour discourse here, Chelsea fans are really weird to me because at no point did they have a roster that was comparable to Liverpool or Man City, right? Like, no. like you're Never. you're you're not. You, you've got three in, in terms of raw spending, maybe. Yeah, no, no, yeah, but a hundred million of that is in Lukaku, and then a hundred eighty million of it is in Timo Werner, who right. is like unplayable. Right, you have a hundred and eighty million. I mean, you have two hundred and sixty million in not first choice attackers, right? Like, so Pulisic is is, is clearly not a, a first choice for them when everybody's healthy. So you have two hundred and sixty million pounds in second choice attackers. Right. Um, and like your first choices are, are, are Havertz, Mount, and, um, and Ziyech, I guess, or maybe Pulisic's above Ziyech, or you have. It's hard to tell. Tuchel doesn't whatever. really give us a straight answer. Yeah. I think Ziyech's ahead, I think Ziyech's ahead of him, but, uh, I think that that, that choice is kind of similar to the USMNT like nine discussion. It's kind of like, which one of you is having a better week? You're the, you're it. Yeah. Like what, did, did one of your parents tweet at me angrily? Fine. I'll yes. choose you. Thank you, Mark Pulisic. Am I, I mean, getting look- angry tweets from the central of Pennsylvania? Fuck you, ZX starting. <laughs> Although see, it went the other way. Like I, I, it, it's the least, it's, it's, it's the least American response, right? If an American coach, like, like, uh, if, if Mel Tucker or Jim Harbaugh, if there was a tweet out there from, from, uh, JJ McCarthy's dad, um, or, 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 uh, you know, whoever, whoever the backup running back is for Michigan state, right. Or Jordan Simmons dad that said, you know, he's got to play more. He's going to, he's going to transfer. The response from the American coach would be to bury that kid transfer. You're done. <laughs> You will, yeah. you will not undermine my authority in public. And in yes. England, Mark Pulisic tweeted out like, you know, Christian loves that team. I just, you know, he just needs to play and who knows what's going to happen over the summer. And Tuchel was like, oh, I guess we're going to play him for a couple of games in a row. And it's like, it's, it's so foreign to me that that would happen because like my instinct is like, oh, he's done. No, this happens, done. American, fo- this happens in American football as well. Let me remind you of uh, one Mr. Odell Beckham Sr., yeah, dude got traded that week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dude got traded that week. They didn't Kevin Stefanski was like, I'm not taking this shit. Yeah, you're done. You're done. Have have fun in wherever you end up. He ended up in Los Angeles with a title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have fun in checks notes. Los Angeles. Crap. Right. Like, like, like that's the thing is that like you gotta trade him to Minnesota, right? Or Green Bay. Like you, you that, don't release no, Green Bay, no, Minnesota is the punishment. Green Bay is not a or punishment. Chicago. It's like, it's like, Chicago. yeah, there you go. It's like, you know what? Here, enjoy Buffalo. the cold weather and used to be check Buffalo. notes again. Aaron Rodgers, son of a bitch. Damn it. Um, I, I, I love, I got to tell you, I love every time uh, Green Bay um, gives money to somebody who's not a skill position player. Like they just gave uh, Jair Alexander $84 million. Um, which granted he probably deserves. He's a really, really good cornerback. Like that's the market rate for corners. Fine. 
Like that's not the issue. The issue is, is every time they tweet it out, you have to imagine Aaron Rodgers, who like, I'm really not sure what type of villain he is. He, he's sort of like a, do you remember that episode of the Simpsons with Hank Scorpio? Yes. Who's, uh, never, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, like the James Bond villain, but he's like a crunchy hippie. I sort yes. of think that Aaron Rodgers is that type of villain. Like kind of. <laughs> like the, the Packers are basically playing a game seeing how much they can antagonize their, again, Hall of Fame top 10 all-time quarterback before he literally snaps and murders somebody in the front office. Is he top 10? I mean, like, while we're here, like, this is a football podcast. He's won one title. He's got two MVPs. I think he's got more than that. Was uh, he the ever one the- title thing. Go ahead. I'm, I'm just saying, like, was he ever the best quarterback in the league for, for, for more than three years in a row? He has four MVPs, and for, he's definitely been the best uh, quarterback in the league. I, four years, three years in a row is kind of a lot to ask. Well, that's my thing is that because if you're talking about top 10, right? Like if we're going to go top 10, Brady, certainly. Uh, Peyton, well, so, the, so the issue with this is going to be that Rodgers played at the same time. He's going to have the Marino like issue. Four guys – yeah, four guys that also uh, are top 10 of all time. So so it's the Marino issue where you could make a plausible argument that Dan Marino was never the best quarterback in the NFL um, at any point in his career. Because you, you can go from Montana in the mid-80s mid to, you know, Young and Aikman. There's a, there's a plausible argument there. And then at the end of his career, it's Favre. Yeah. So, so like, there's a plausible argument. I'm not. I'm not saying that that's something that I would argue necessarily because I right. I, I tend to to rate Dan Marino pretty highly. Um, Same. But but I think that there's a plausible argument that you could say he was never better than Montana at Montana's peak. Um, Young and Aikman both have an argument in the in the early '90s, um, and then it's Favre at the end of his career. So you can you can make that argument. There is um, a path for you to follow where. And I don't think you could ever argue that Dan Marino was not the best quarterback in the league for one year, but like it gets capped at like two seasons tops and Dan Marino played for 15 years, something like that. Yeah. So as, as, as much, so, so that's what I think Rogers has is because, you know, at the beginning of his career, you obviously had, well, Favre, but uh, (laughs) right. Brady, you like, you had Brady Manning, you had uh, Breeze, you know, and then there's like, there's like those, those, couple weird years where you can make an argument about the three 2004 quarterbacks. Yeah. I was going to say like Roethlisberger, Rivers, or Eli might've yeah. gotten in there sometime. So, I mean, and Rogers is Rogers. And I don't want to talk about get stuck talking about legacies. Cause like Rogers has done enough the past year to ruin his own legacy, which yeah. is his own fault. But like before that you could plausibly make arguments that the only reason that Aaron Rodgers only had one title was the Green Bay Packers front office and Mike McCarthy, which however much of Mike McCarthy you want to attribute to the Green Bay Packers front office, but like Aaron Rodgers should ostensibly have more than one title. And he has done just about everything in his own power short of get the vaccine to you know win more than one title. I think people forget that he spent a lot of time in Berkeley, right? Like, like I, I think that like anti-vaxxing has been seen as like a right wing thing recently. Um, but for like, his other forget. comments make him seem that he's also right wing though. That's the right. issue with that. R- right. But he also like is super crunchy, right? Like, like with the clay and the granola and the. So, yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's from NorCal. Yeah. So I, I think that he's, what he is, is he's a crunchy, crunchy hippie um, who 
accidentally became right wing because he doesn't like that people criticize him and Joe Rogan let him come on his show. Or well, and I mean, I mean, so people like always confuse NorCal, the entire area, with Silicon Valley and Silicon Valley and the Bay. So NorCal in general, outside of obviously Silicon Valley, the Bay, it's not just farm. It's like very right wing. Yeah, it's just there's not a lot of people there, so I don't have people. Don't always remember that that California is like five very dense, very liberal cities. And then a whole bunch of uh, Republicans. Yeah. I mean, so it's, like it's San Diego, Los Angeles, um, Sacramento, the Bay. Sacramento only has like 600,000 people, but like it's, it's still, I mean, that's compared to LA, that's small, but like yeah. that is a big city. Sure. I mean, I guess that's the size of Detroit. But um, so, so like I, th- I, I wonder about that. But, anyways, going back to like sort of like the, the football sort of like, where we are with, with Aaron Rodgers, like, you know, now he's not right. Like now you, you, you can't put him in the same discussion as, as Mahomes and, and I guess Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, whatever this new generation of, of elite quarterbacks. Um, yeah. So, so, so like you begin to wonder about like where he, where he goes from here, but I know where we go from here. And that's the sponsor. sponsor. Yeah. So, um, so obviously like that's how we see the the premier league playing out and um for fans of 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 weirdness um this season has sort of sucked right from a premier league perspective um because what it looks like is the two out of the three teams that got promoted last year are going back down uh yep. in in norwich and watford um yep. the, the third team might be that's a gu- Everton. that's it just so we're all aware that is a guarantee they are yeah yeah, yeah. No, no, no no they're going down i'm the the so one team from the championship is staying up in Brentford. That was a fun story. Like there's a fun story to be had with Everton maybe going down. There, so Brentford's actually, and Brentford, Brentford is like middle of the table and Brentford yeah. is in, I don't know how much we've covered it, but Brentford was the one where the guy like gambled his way to his boyhood team and then just started pouring money into it. Right. That's a good story. It's a great story. And and also like the fun part about Brentford is um, they're not like, like they have the best sort of like human interest story of the entire premier league year which was christian erickson yeah going from within 12 months almost dying on the field to um working his way to the to to saying things in the in the press and not being like criticized for it saying like yeah i want to play for a team that's in the champions league next year and everybody being like that makes sense um come home christian please the spurs could really really use uh another midfielder um they have one and a half competent midfielders at the moment um Although I guess Skippy's coming back. So two and a half. Um, yeah, Kulisevsky and Son. Kulisevsky, they're, they're, they're attackers. Kulis- I'm saying Fine. midfielders. Eric's, Erickson would, would play in that midfield probably. Say it. Cool. Say it. Say it. Kulisevsky. Kulisevsky. Breakfast. Breakfast. <laughs> Breakfast. 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 Um, so, there you go. Uh, and I like Ivan Tony a lot um, for what it's worth. So, yeah. uh, I actually, I actually like before it became clear that they were going to stay up. There was a part of me that really wanted uh, Spurs to go after him when when Brentford went down. Um, unfortunately, the best possible attacker that Spurs can get amongst the teams that maybe can go down is Richarlison from Everton, who has a blood feud with uh, Christian Romero. 
so that's not an option. Um, like stemming, like co- every time they play uh, internationally, they get into a fist fight. Uh, nice. Every time they play domestically, they get into a fist fight. It's phenomenal. Um, but yeah, so so I, outside of Everton going down, it's it's sort of been like a chalk season, and it's it's weird to think about because like you get those years when you watch sports, right? Like sometimes it happens. Sometimes Florida returns all of their best players and they win the national title. Um, but that doesn't mean that like there wasn't fun shit along the way, like Arsenal losing two nil in a UCL qualifier to Newcastle. Uh, hilarious. Very funny. Very funny. Uh, including an own goal, which is always funny. Um, so just sort of like to, to, to go around the, uh, around the world. Um, obviously we're not going to talk about MLS because MLS is in the middle of its season. Um, I am going to, uh, multiple galaxy games over the next month and a half, because in order to get tickets to the one game I wanted to go to, they made me buy two tickets. So shout out to the galaxy for making me go to a midweek game against Minnesota United. You got me. You got me. What's the game you wanted to go to? Uh, the U S open yeah, uh, yeah, wow. the U.S. Open El Trafico, um, which is a week from when this episode comes out. Um, so the Thursday, Wednesday, Wednesday. I, I publish on Wednesday nights West Coast. Um, so, so we won't talk about MLS, even though there's obviously a lot going on there. But in it, it's it's been sort of like a super chalk year, right? Like outside of Italy, where chalk would usually be Juventus. Um, the 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 winners well, of La, La Liga isn't necessarily chalk right now. Madrid, just Madrid because... is first, and Barcelona is second. Barcelona second, yeah. Oh my god, they clinched second. Um, you know, Germany is Bayern, and Dortmund second, and uh, Leipzig's fourth. I don't remember who's third. Probably uh, Leverkusen, and like that's that's the four. Uh, this is very this is very chalk. Yeah. And, and like Italy, even Italy, which is not chalk, which was not really all that chalk was the top four was the top four, right? It's the Milan's Juventus and um, whoever the fourth team is. Right. Um, like basically every, every European super league team. Lazio. Could be um, every super league team that, that a country could send to the champions league is being sent to the Champions League. The, the oh, two... it's Nap- Napoli is third and Lazio is fifth, sorry. Fine. So, the, like, the, like, of the 12 Super League teams, um, so so your, your blue blood, so to speak, 10 of them are going to be in the Champions League, and the two that aren't literally can't. They finished fifth and sixth in England. Yeah. So, you know, so, so, so like, it's just been a very chalk year. Um, well, and then we get to and then we get to the Champions League itself, which the final is Liverpool versus Real Madrid. So La Liga one versus presumed EPL two. Right. So so like there there wasn't all that much interest, which brings me to like sort of my point and and sort of my the thing that I I've talked about on on this podcast and in my personal life a ton, which is um, you cannot focus on the title. It's not the most interesting thing that happens in sports. I say this as a Michigan State fan, and I understand yeah. that there will be jokes about that because Michigan State never wins titles. And that's fine. Neither do Spurs. Um, but like if you focus on the titles and you only if you only focus on sports to see who wins the title, it's boring, right? The NBA, although the NBA this year was sort of weird, which is nice. But most years uh, it's, it's still ongoing weird, but there's there's you know one 
There's two blue bloods in each. There's one blue blood left in each conference and one right. like surprising, like, oh. But like not like, but both of the surprising clubs have won a title in the last 10 years. Right? Yes. Well, so 11, 11 years. Yes. 11 years, right. Um, so like Dallas is not is not a blue blood, but Miami have won titles in each of the last two decades. You know, the decade before that, they had a, a contender. Like, we're not talking about Charlotte here. You know, we're not talking about Washington. Like, the, everybody here is is a competently run whatever. So, like, the point of that is when you watch college football, if all you do is watch Alabama and Ohio State and and you know Georgia and whatever, it's boring. Because, yeah, those teams are going to win. And if they don't win, you're sad. And if they do, you're happy. And that's that. But if you focus on sort of the other shit, right? Like, if you focus on Newcastle becoming one of the best teams in the Premier League since they got taken over by Saudi Arabia, that's an interesting story. Like, there's something there's something interesting there. You know, if you look at the fact that Lille went from winning the league last year in France to being incompetent in a year, that's funny. I appreciate yeah. that. You know, like well, it's always the, the, the more interesting uh, battles are always the battles for Europe as opposed to the actual title. Right. Like it's cool that West Ham is knocking on the door. It's cool that the Wolves up until this past week had a shot at it. Um, like Union Berlin, I believe, is fifth in the Bundesliga. Like that's not somebody who is routinely in Champions League. So it's right. more fun to follow that kind of thing than to see like, oh. Bayern won their ninth straight Bundesliga title. Cool. Right. So like the thing there is like, oh, how interesting that Wolfsburg went from like being in the Champions League, then they stopped playing John Brooks, then they were not in the Champions League anymore. I'm just saying, I'm just saying John Brooks can be helpful for teams that are trying to win shit. Huh. That seems targeted. Does it? Um I uh so so as you sort of look at this and as you sort of like look at these um where we are in sort of the, the 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 grand space of 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 international soccer um we're having one of those years where and and you get this in college football you get this in in college basketball where you're like oh well all the blue bloods are good but guess what sometimes sometimes kentucky has a losing record duke doesn't make the ncaa tournament um you know Alabama, like like nick well, Saban. if duke doesn't make the ncaa tournament that's just a year that Coach K had a health problem, and that's why. That, yeah, that's why. Um, but like, it's it's a funny it's a funny thing in this because like Nick Saban had a had a had a very funny comment where he said that uh, you know college football needs parity needs parity to come back. There used to be parity. There's never been parity in college football, and there's never been parity in international soccer either. Um, you know, Real Madrid and Barcelona have been good for a hundred years. Um, Arsenal and Manchester United and Chelsea and Liverpool have been more or less the best teams in the premier league for a long time. But sometimes you had a team that was a blue blood like Blackburn or Sunderland and they collapse and they collapse in a way that does not really happen in college football or college basketball. Well, I mean, that's not, you didn't have to go to that. You go to Leeds. Like we right. talked about this, I think on one of the earliest episodes of this podcast, Leeds was a English powerhouse. They were like, Lee, telling people you were a Leeds fan, I think it was in the eighties. Was like telling, 80s, yeah, seventies, eighties. Was like telling people that you were a man, you were Arsenal fan in the mid aughts. It's like, oh, you're one of those, and, and now they're a like, basketball fan. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's always, um, you know, that's the more interesting things. 
because it's not it's not going to be the teams are going to be there in and out every year because you expect them to because especially with the amount of money that people are throwing around now like the big six are the big six for a reason they should be i mean if the big six are not all top 10 every season that is a massive failure i mean top seven right like you need to get to europe if you're spending that kind of cash and that's why like what arsenal did the last two years finishing eighth was really really funny um because like when you spend that much money to lose to west ham or Leicester or whoever like, it's hilarious. That's why I'm very interested to see if Newcastle actually can do what, what they're talking about. Um, if, if, what, if Newcastle create a, a seventh of, you know, a seventh true contender, then every year, one of the teams spending a hundred million dollars every single, or a hundred million pounds every single summer is going to be in the conference league. And it's, right. if that, which is how you have to sort of enjoy this, but um, to sort of like to, to, to pivot a little bit um, to sort of our guys, you know, such as it is, um, you know, there are some, there, there is, a, this summer is going to be very interesting because you do have guys in really, really interesting spots. I'm going to say interesting, right? Um, Matthew Hoppy is not getting off the bench in Spain for a team that's about to get relegated. Right. So, so what does Matthew Hoppy do, right? Like, does he stick around? Does he, I, I'm hoping that he get, he gets forces his way back to Germany and Schalke. I, I say he's not, I mean, he's definitely not sticking around. There was too many uh, articles coming out about how he like doesn't speak Spanish well enough. He doesn't feel comfortable there. Like he needs to get that F out of Spain. Right. So he needs to leave, um, you know, Josh Sargent, does it make sense for Josh Sargent to leave, right? Like Norwich goes down. Maybe, maybe he finally gets to play center forward. Um, which would be a very interesting thing. Does Haji Wright get a move after leading or, or being close to leading Turkey in goals? You know, I think he's had 10 goals in his last nine games or something. Um, does Jordan, yeah, on fire. Does Jordan Pifak get a move to, to, a, to, a, to a, a better league? Maybe not, right? So I think P- and Pifak is probably the, the most interesting one. Uh, he's a little bit older, right? He's like 20, 25. Four, I was going to say 24. Yeah. So um, he's a little bit older. He has, for all of I mean, he, he's hot and cold, but he, like, lit the Swiss League on, Swiss League on fire. Yeah. And, 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 and he has their golden boot. He, he's, I think he's, like, the first American to, to win a, a country's golden boot, MLS included, in, like, 20 years. Right. And so it, it makes it, like, it kind of, it, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of Europe rates PFOC. Because... Based on a lot of different factors, I'm not saying. I so we due to technical difficulties. This is a recorded podcast, but uh, we have, but like we uh, we we lost Stumpy there for a second. Um, okay, I, I'm not saying he needs to be slotted in next to Mane and and Mo at Liverpool. He's not like the heir apparent center forward for a top EPL team. But there's no reason that he shouldn't be playing for like middle of the line EP like a Southampton or something like that, or go to Germany and play for like union Berlin. So I want to put forth an idea that he plays for like a team like um, Salzburg, right? Like Salzburg just sold their center forward. Right. Right. So if you're talking about in the Austrian league, right. Which is not demonstrably better than, than Switzerland. I don't think Austria is pretty terrible. Um, If you, if you say to yourself at Salzburg, like, look, we're going to bring in a, a huge talent. Um, who we think can get there. And we're going to bring in PFOC because we know that PFOC can do the job. PFOC sets a floor for a team right. in a crappy league. 
So I, I don't really want him to go to a Southampton. I don't want him to go to a, a... I think that's actually an even better way of putting it is that he is like a guaranteed floor. Yeah. You're like, I, we're both big PFO Railroad fans. He is not going to be the guy for a top. He's not going to be the guy even for like a Champions League side unless he's on one of the, like the Swiss or the Austrian team that gets the first place. Like, but the dude scores goals. And, and, and like that's, there's something to that, right? Like, I, I can't imagine that there's not a team that has some sort of ambition in one of these non-top five leagues that says to themselves, I mean, shoot, you, you look at like a, a, a team like, um, you know, Benfica or Sporting, right? Um, and you see yeah. them and you say like, okay, like, is he going to win you a Champions League? No. Is, if, if he's playing, if he's starting and playing 90 in Champions League games, are you going to get out of your group? Probably not because he's not that good. But could he win you a Europa League? Yeah. Could 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 you slot him in up top for uh, you know for Celtic or Rangers and dust the the Scottish League? Yeah, you could. Right. Um, and I think well, that's- and that's the other thing. Like the, the type of team he needs to be looking to move to is the type of team where getting out of the group stage at the UCL is like a, a massive. A- a decade, once a decade performance. Yeah. It's like, oh my, like, yeah. But I mean, Benfica is there kind of routinely, but like, that's the kind of team that he should be looking to go to. It's like, it's like, okay, like we got to UCL. We're probably going to get our ass kicked four times, but like, what if we don't? Yeah. And I, and I think that that's, that's, that's a level that he can play at. Right. But he needs yeah. to be in a league where, where he can, he can sort of domestically not have to get into a fist fight every single weekend. You know, I think, I think if you if you slotted him in for a for a team in you know like I said I I think I think Salzburg I think Celtic I think Rangers, um you know where you have these sort of secondary leagues or or Portugal um I think I think that that he would fit in really well there but like I don't want him to go to Valencia I don't want him to go to Lille I don't you know I I don't want him to go to really Union Berlin because I I want him playing you know those high leverage games against good teams but I don't want that to be how he's defined. Because if, if, you know, if, if, you know, he goes to PSV and PSV doesn't make Europe, that's a problem. If he goes to, if he goes to, to Salzburg, he could score zero goals and they will make Champions League because that's just sort of how it works. And I I want sort of that like lower stress thing for him. Um, But you also have people like Ricardo Pepe. And I I think it's time to now like say this move to Germany didn't work. Um, And look, he's 18. He's 18. and people were saying that beforehand that uh, so the move to Germany wasn't necessary because Osberg was like the came out of nowhere, right? Or he, they were saying he was going to move to Wol- um, Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg, yeah, which isn't great to be because their offensive system isn't necessarily what you want like an up and coming striker to be in. They're more of a defensive team, but like everybody, everybody was kind of saying like you don't fit, you don't fit here. There's there's no reason for you to do this. And I, as the as the podcast, um, you know, Euro snob, I, I will generally advocate players moving from MLS to Europe in order to improve the quality of play. But if you're just if you're moving to Europe just to move to Europe, that's not the kind of move you need. Like you need to find whether it's a system that like plays off your strengths really well which is obviously obviously it's a team where they need a guy of your of your skill set and they have a history of developing guys with your skill sets that's what we're like that's what you should be aiming for all the time but like 
just moving to move is not going to solve the problem. You can being amongst better competition doesn't matter if you're not competing. Right. Like being around very good players is great. If I stood in a room and, and sat on the bench for PSG, I wouldn't be a better soccer player because I'm not playing. Um, you know, and there's something to be said about like playing and training, blah, blah, blah. But, but well, these, that's not fair. You would be a better soccer player because your floor is so low to begin with. Fair. It can fair. only go up. Yeah, it can only go up. But, um, but like that's sort of the point, right? Like, like his move, I wonder if, if, if there's going to be rumblings this summer. Right. Because if he continues to not play, he's not going to be on the World Cup. And so is, is there a is there a push to get loaned to a to a to a different league? Is there some sort of, you know, acceptance that he needs a summer to get into the squad? Um, you know, because you look at, at players who like like Joe Scally, right? Like Scally went over in January of last year um, of 2021, didn't play. You know, we thought, like, what what is going on here? And then he took the summer, he got into the squad and then boom, you know, he was, uh, he was, he was ready to go. Now he hasn't really been playing since and, and he, there was some injury luck there for him. Yeah. Um, but, but maybe that's the situation for Pepe and you, you, you can sort of go down the list of our players because I don't really know that I love any of the situations that our players are in over there. Um, Dest, you know, has, has a, some, some things going on there. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. it, like, and you go through it, right? Like you go through it. Chris Richards is, is constantly being loaned away from Bayern. Does he stay at Hoffenheim? They just got rid of their manager. Who knows if the, the next manager is going to like him a lot. Um, you know, you go to Tyler Adams. He's not really playing all that much. Uh, Jedi's in a good situation at Fulham, but they're going to get rocked every week as is tradition. Um, you know, you, you go to Musa, who's playing out of position for Valencia, but when he plays, you know, that's fine. He's still young. Um, Wes, I, I like Wes at, at Juventus as long as, you know, they continue to play him, but he's coming off injury. So who knows if they're going right. you know, so, yeah, to, right. Yeah. I think you could make arguments that the only two Americans in Europe who are in good situations were, were as, and he like played himself into the good position. He was like on the out and outs yeah. as of like October. Mm-hmm. Um, and P-Folk. P-Folk yeah. is in a good position in Europe. Uh, everybody else is, yeah, either they're at a history, they're at a club where they're clearly not like, rated as a starter or they're at a club that has a history of not developing guys at that position or they're at a club who just switched managers and the guy that brought them in was the guy that just got fired like it it's gonna be a very interesting summer for american soccer players all over not just because and that's not just because of the world cup which obviously complicates everything but this is going to be a turning point i think for a lot of guys we have over in europe who need to make decisions on their future because again, moving to Europe just to move to Europe is not always the right answer that there are, I hate to use this phrase, but there are better right answers uh, for all of these questions. Like uh, I'm trying to think of it. Yeah. Okay. So Pepe could, could have stayed in Dallas or he could have gone to Augsburg and staying in Dallas might've stunted his growth for a little bit, but if he had stayed for the extra six months till the summer window, and he kept scoring for Dallas, maybe he goes to a Bundesliga, maybe he goes to any other team in the Bundesliga besides the two that are famous for being defensive-minded. And, and, and it could be that he just wait, he stays here for the entire MLS season of 2022. He pumps in goals. He's the starter with the World Cup. And then suddenly you're a 19-year-old who just started for a World Cup side 
has, you know, two seasons of evidence of scoring goals and it, you know, your $20 million move to Augsburg is, is actually a $25 million move to Southampton. Right. And instead of going to a country where you don't know the language, you don't know anything about the culture and they aren't really all that interested in, in, in playing a way that benefits you, you get to sort of pick where you want to go. Um, well, and, and every World Cup has these guys, too. So yeah. it's even more – it's even wilder. That, so I guess that's a good point, too. So maybe a lot of guys don't make a move this summer and they just kind of hope that they can play themselves into something from the World Cup and hope that they move in January. Because, like, James Rodriguez got a contract basically based off of the 2014 World Cup. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's what I – Kylian Mbappe. Kylian yeah. Mbappe made so much money because he played well in the 2018 – yeah, 2018 World Cup. Yep. Uh, I think that that's what's God, gonna that kid's with, young. Yeah, he's super young. Uh, I, that's what I think is going to happen with Brendan Aronson. Um, just talking about Salzburg. Like, I don't think he's moving this summer. I think that he's going to stay at Salzburg. He's going to play the, you know, the UCL group stage games. He'll play in Austria. He'll play in the World Cup. And I think that teams are going to, you know, suddenly you're going to see a guy who presses all over the field, works his, his, his butt off, um, and he's going to give uh, England – problems and whales problems um and and then suddenly you have a situation where you have this guy who's 21 um he's 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 got the pedigree he's played in champions league games he's played you know at a high level and then suddenly, right and and you're not thinking like oh is this a risk but you can go down the list right like what is way in a situation that we really want him to be in where he's playing um arguably out of position either as a midfielder in a 442 or as a striker in a 442 Uh, when really you want him in a system where he's an advanced winger like i don't know um you know reina reina's in a good situation as long as he can get healthy but you know he's been hurt. yeah i forgot about him too which is sad because he's like obviously so good Um, yeah um i mean he's he's and i guess and i I think aronson is actually in a good position for himself for the summer as well yeah Uh, we'll see where he goes from there because like you're saying like if you're playing ucl knockout stages and austrian whatever, I don't know what they call themselves, the Bundesliga. Yeah. Um, Those are good, like, warm-up games for the World Cup. Right. Like, it's not where you want to be for the next four years, but, you know, to stay, stay, stay fit, stay healthy, stay ready for those World Cup games in November. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like, why not? You'll, you'll, you'll play enough. You'll be ready to go. And, and, you're not going to play your way into starting anyways, right? Like there's no universe where Brendan Aronson is a starter for this world cup team. Um, right. Unless somebody gets hurt. So, so it's yeah, not like, kind of wood. Right. So it's not, it's not, it's not like you're going to um, like, if you move to, uh, I don't know, uh, West Ham, um, like, it's not like you're going to play so well that suddenly you're going to, you're going to be a starter. You're not displacing Pulisic or a healthy Reyna. So it is what it is. Or, um, or way. Right. So, so the, the other end of the spectrum is, is players who get a move and could play their way in. So I, I, that's where you start thinking about Cameron Carter Vickers, um, who's, who, who is arguably one of the best players in Cal in, in uh, Scotland. And there was rumors about him going to Newcastle because remember he was on loan at Newcastle last year. Um, from, not, from Spurs? Spurs. Yeah. From Spurs. Yeah, okay. um, so if you get a situation where Cameron Carter Vickers is an everyday 90 minute starter, for Newcastle, can you can you keep him away from the national team? I don't I don't think so because you know you have Mark McKenzie who struggles to get off the bench sometimes in Belgium. 
So I, I think it's a very interesting summer. I think that, that there's a lot going on. I think this last year, as, as chalky as it was, um, did give us some, like, some fun moments. Like, uh, do you remember that time that, um, that Arsenal needed to beat Newcastle uh, in order to go to the Champions League and then they lost 2 nothing? Do you remember that? I do. That was, that yeah. was fun. That was super uh, that fun. Was fun. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that one. Um, or, or how about that time um, that Spurs uh, were heading into the last game, only needing a draw against Norwich, and then they got it. Right, guys? Right? And then they it, lost 4 nothing somehow. It feels so With Josh so Sargent putting all four daggers into your heart. It, that, that, that feels like preordained. Like, like we're going to like, all you need to do is draw. All you need to do is, oh, my God, it's Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> oh, oh my god uh, <laughs> yeah and, and I mean we're also and you have to start appreciating like Ronaldo is on his last legs mm-hmm. so you're only going to be able to watch him for a little bit more uh, Vardy I think Vardy missed like half the season with injury mm-hmm. he's 36 like yeah. he's not getting younger like next year might be Vardy's last year before he takes his American retirement tour <laughs> um you know, there's, there's some guys that we're used to seeing that might not be there in the end. And the World Cup has a way of, ending you know, careers. kind of, well, I was going to say, ending careers and starting careers. Like, it's it's hard to not, it's hard to avoid the spotlight at the World Cup because everything is so bright that, like, your mistakes are magnified and your good play is magnified. And a lot of it depends on individual brilliance because you got, you know, you don't play with these guys all that often. And this year is going to be even weirder because it's not a summer world cup. So like ostensibly most of these guys are going to be fairly well rested. I mean, it's kind of like the same season. It's kind of like they're just playing a normal season. They're just doing it in Qatar for some reason. Right. Like, like it's, it's not like a lot of these guys and especially at the world cup, like these guys play, three games in eight days uh, pretty often because they play champions league or Europa league midweek. Um, right. So, so it's, it's just going to be a normal. And they're getting their summer break that they usually don't get. Like I, I know there's international matches and everything, but like I'm usually in world cup uh, years, like you get a break from the middle of May until like June 8th. And then you have to go play for c- country for a month. Now you're getting like they're not reporting again until the they they have a I think the match the middle of June but like that's like one match and then you get two weeks off again well so, like it, you have time to rest up and heal well the the thing is is that you you have uh, like the the Nations League is like June 10th and June 14th they're going to be two friendlies beforehand if we're talking about America um, yeah. you know you've got four games in the in the in the first half of June and then there's nothing. There's nothing from June 15th until you report back to your club at the beginning of August. You get six weeks off, which in World Cup years, you don't. Um, and so you have a lot of guys, especially from like an American perspective, Jedi, Jedi Robinson just had surgery. Um, Reina is, you know, needs to get healthy. Des needs to get healthy. Um, Reina and Des needed. Uh, Jedi is not, Jedi is not coming, man. No, 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 no. But what, what I'm saying is that like none of these guys, I don't think are coming to camp, but they get a full oh. summer of like, because if there's if this oh no, I was saying he's not coming to the World Cup. Like he he blew out an Achilles. No, six Miles, months out of Miles, Cup. Miles did. Jedi didn't. Oh damn it! Yeah. Um. So so none of these guys will come to the camp. But you you have a situation where you you know if you had a, if this was a World Cup year, Jedi wouldn't have gotten that surgery, right? Reyna wouldn't have shut it down. Um. Like they would be they would be by hook or crook trying to get ready for a summer world cup. Whereas now they can just sort of like, Oh, you're not coming to a game against um, Granada. Oh no. Right. (laughs) 
Um, you know, like George Bellow can probably do the job against Granada, but um, we will have a, a full a full summer preview probably next week. Um, whenever that roster comes out, we'll 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 do the 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 camp window and friendly windows and all that other fun stuff. Um, special thank you to my co-host uh, Napoleon Gregg. You can find him at Mister Mojo Rising eighty nine. Um, confuse him with the question of Anthony versus Mild because both of them have the same last name and he gets confused. Uh, you can find me- time zones as well. You can ask me time zone questions and I won't know the answer. Time zones are, are an issue as well. You can find me at Diamonds Esquire, but I don't, usually don't respond. I'm usually the guy behind the main account at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. Um, so that we, will, uh, we will also be on a new social media platform. The, the Instagram is, is coming. It's coming. Don't worry. It's, it's, it's- I sure, thought you were about to announce we're going to be on Truth. I'm like, I'm, I'm no, out. No, we're not. No, we're not. Uh, we, we will not be uh, on Truth Social. Um, we're also not going to be on Facebook, um, not because I have any sort of ideological op- opposition to Facebook. It's just for the olds and they don't listen to podcasts. They listen to the radio, whatever that is. Um, I'm 31. I know what the radio is. I like the radio a lot. My favorite uh, musical artist references the radio in every one of the songs. Um, special thank you to our sponsors, Smith Workforce Management Group, as well as whoever Blue Wire decides to put in. Um, we uh, we appreciate you guys. Hopefully it'll be PBR soon. Um and a special thank you to you, the listener. Um, please like, subscribe, share. Uh, we understand that there's a problem with Apple Podcasts. We're working on it. Um, we'll get that that actual, like we actually are working on that. <laughs> to be I clear, we're working on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we told Dan and she said, Daddy, help us. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, we're, we, we address the issue, but um, thank you for sticking with us. We couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.